Well, hello there, Terrible Warriors. Welcome back. I'm Justin Eacock, and we're doing another spotlight interview on one of the wonderful podcasts you can go out there and listen to right now. As you know, we're taking a break right now from doing actual play content because it's a little hard to get everyone together in the room when we're all supposed to be staying apart. And the next interview that I get to present with you is actually an interview I wanted to do way back in 2019 when I first met him at Gen Con. You might remember I was volunteering with Magpie Games and they invited me to come and sit at the Any Awards and hang around. I mean, anyone could go with the tickets for free. And when I arrived, I quickly met up with a small group of Torontonians who were also there. And sitting right behind me in his Raptors jersey was Daniel Kwan. And immediately I knew that whenever I had an opportunity to work with him, I wanted to work with him. He has that kind of energy and excitement soon as you meet him, you just want to immediately say yes to whatever crazy idea he's got coming up. You've already heard him on The Terrible Warriors. He was here with his Kickstarter special for Ross Rifles. And Ross Rifles is, that Kickstarter is long done and successful and the game is available. You can go out and get it right now and I highly recommend that you do. He's also the co-founder of Dundas West Games. He's just now got a mystery with Dungeons and Dragons in Candlekeep Mysteries, which you can go out and play. His name is on it. It's very cool. And he's also the co-founder of the Any Award-winning Asians Represent. Asians Represent is a show all about elevating Asian representation in tabletop gaming. And on that podcast, they also produce Dungeons and Da Asians, an actual play production using characters of their own creation, classes of their own creation, and a setting of their own invention. So, obviously, Daniel and I had a lot to cover in just one hour. But I so rarely get an opportunity to talk to Daniel about Daniel. Almost every other time, we're talking about a project he's involved in, and he doesn't want the spotlight to be on him. He wants it to be on the work that he's doing. So right out of the gate, before we started breaking down all those projects, I just needed to know... What got you started in tabletop? Yeah, I don't know if I talked about that last time I was on your show because you know we were talking about Ross Rifles and my 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 co-author Patrick and I were there, and I, I mean for me I I I started TTRPGs and and everything TTRPG related when I was a teacher. Uh, like I played my first TTRPG when I was like 10, 11 years old um, at the Royal Ontario Museum in Toronto, and then I ended up you know, becoming, uh, you know, like a, a grad student at the museum doing my research there, but also teaching children's programs there and doing, you know, content creation for them Just so much. Like one of my jobs was actually, you know, shooting macro video of arachnids killing things. So <laughs> arachnids killing things really close up. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I was teaching this D&D program for, for kids there for, oh God, like eight years. And wow. I think I must have, I have must have taught like easily, easily over a thousand teenagers how to play TTRPGs. And I actually, through that program, met an artist named Shell Khan, um, Portable City on Twitter. Um, Shell is like a, an artist, does comic books, but also works in the TTRPG space. And Shell kind of was like, hey, you should, you should meet all these people and, you know, in, like, Got me to my first you know, sort of guest spot at a con talking about my work at the museum and kind of started introducing me to people. Yeah, because that's um, so cool. Like, here's this person. They're running, <laughs> they're running Dungeons and Dragons at the ROM. Like, that's – Yeah. That, it's immediately and, like 
like the ROM is the one of the most fantastical places to go if you're a kid for your imagination and for all like the dinosaur bones and all that. And uh, even if and, you're even if you're an and, adult, and then, too. and then as an adult, but it's got like that nostalgic pull. And then and then you hear that someone's there playing D and D with with the kids at the ROM, and you're going, "That's perfect. I need to speak to this genius right now." Yeah, it was it was just it was crazy because you know you know I I went from meeting Shell, going to my first con which was um, to speak at my first con. Uh, I'd been going to cons for a very long time, but to speak at my first con, breakout con, to like five people, followed by going, being a guest at Fan Expo, which is, you know, you're, we're, you're both, we're both in yeah. Toronto. It's like the largest con in the city. Breakout con is a very small, intimate tabletop con- and board game con. convention. Super great, but it takes up like a couple of rooms on the second floor of one hotel. And, and it's got a lot of, it's gotten bigger over the years now. And, and, but it's, it's, it's still, it's a very small, intimate kind it's of a grassroots it's grassroots yeah it's the kind of place where you're going to see yeah. big name creators uh, sitting around just having coffee at couches and it's small enough that there's kind of a, a small town feel to that convention when you go to fan expo it's uh it's all of a sudden now you're in the big city and it's <laughs> there's a thousand people and, and everyone's anonymous and it's all busy and it covers everything like tabletop is such a small niche interest at Fan Expo compared to the comic books and the anime and the video games and the pro wrestling. And, oh, yeah. And, you know, William Shatner is down there and Stan Lee would come by all the time. And, uh, you know, the tabletop is just a little room tucked away to the side. And even then, it's 10 times bigger than Breakout was. And so... <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. So I <laughs> like, went from, like, Breakout to Fan Expo. Big, big pond, little fish. And it was, like, it was strange because I remember speaking at my first panel at fan expo and at the table with me was robin laws so you know local toronto legend and legend in the rpg scene and at greenwood and i'm just like why am i even here <laughs> like i am i i'm just i'm just a, i'm just a teacher and i was doing a job that i did not think was special like i didn't think people thought that job was cool or anything like that i knew i didn't know anybody working in ttrpgs and then things just kind of happened. Like I started working on Ross Rifles and, you know, your audience kind of knows that story. Um, and then from there, I started doing cultural consulting, designing, and then Asians Represent happened. Um, Asians Represent happened. And that's like actually where you and I first met. It was at Gen yeah, Con uh, 2019. Exactly. I was, uh, I, I had met up with a few friends through, because I was, I was volunteering with Magpie. And so I went with them to sit at the, at the Any Awards and met a bunch of people that were also from Toronto that were sitting and, there. And you and I bonded and, over the Swedish games. <laughs> uh, the Swedish games, because yeah, the Free League people were like two rows in front of us and we were just kind of fanning over them. And then uh, beside me was uh, the people that are now Dice Shame. The Dice Shame podcast didn't exist then, but it was mm-hmm. uh, people from uh, the Invictus stream. And and I had recognized a few other Torontonians through the breakout con. And so we all were sitting together and, and you were there in your Raptors jersey right behind me. And yep, and I was giving, predicting all the any wins. <laughs> predicting everyone. That one's going to get silver. That <laughs> one's going to get gold. That one's, that one's the silver one. That one's the gold. And every, bang, bang, bang. Every single one I was like, oh my goodness, like 2020 Gen Con never happened, but I had plans to like the next year I'm coming by, I am going to have a little bookie game going because we are going to make money off of your predictions. And uh, and then and then we started chatting, and that's how I that was actually my introduction to Asians Represent. And I, I heard about this. I'd seen the podcast being shared on Twitter by by mutuals, and uh, and then got to meet you and 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 your uh, and your team. And 
uh, and we bonded over the Swedish games. And I think the the the, the deal is, I'll run a game of Forbidden Lands for you. You'll run I a, game, you of, a game of Coriolis. You'll owe me a game of Coriolis, and then somehow we'll both come to fall in love with both of these games. And uh, and and that 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 offer still stands. Now I'm I'm running regular oh, Forbidden Land games on on virtual tabletop, and it's super dope. And then you were nominated that year in 2019, and then you won in 2020. Yeah, yeah, we won- we were nominated in 2019, and we won last year, which is which is crazy. So tell me about uh, the Asians Represent podcast. What is it? What are you out to do on the podcast? What do we expect when we tune in? And because uh, you kind of. You, you cover a lot of ground uh, uh, where I know you, you, you play games, but you also do like critical readings and interviews and conversations. So uh, introduce us to the Asians Represent podcast, the any award winning podcast of such a high caliber. Yeah, this this gold any award winning podcast. Um, look, we we started. Wait, Asians wait. Represented. This time next year, I'm going to be. Let me introduce you to New York Times bestseller Daniel Kwan. You know that like like it's just <laughs> it's just going to continue in this trajectory. One one can one can set goals, not dream. One can set goals. <laughs> I can say this. Um, you don't. You, you. I know you're you're a humble person, <laughs> and you don't. I I, I know you. This is why we, you and I didn't talk about you at Ross Rifles. You you seem to have a a, a desire to share the spotlight and 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 have the focus be on these interests that we have and i i know i'm putting you in, in the hot seat now or odd oh, dang no the interview no, is okay. on daniel now I, I feel like it's something that i have to get used to at this point and now that yeah, you're a so public a, a, figure now that i'm a oh my god i'm a public figure um <laughs> you're gonna have god, a wiki page me. soon you're gonna be are uh, you verified on twitter at this point <laughs> no okay no, okay no, that's no. coming i don't soon. even know how i don't know how that works <laughs> i think but, it's and selected <laughs> uh, yeah, if that ever happens, I don't know what. Uh, nothing, not literally nothing will change. Um, but like, uh, yeah, you know, Asians represent is a started off as a podcast where we talked monthly about. Yeah, monthly. Wow, uh, we we talked monthly about you know Asian themes in games. We interviewed Asian creators, talked about things like Orientalism, um, and you know how people can uh, insert more. You know positive Asian representation into their stories. And then it kind of evolved with the, you know, as time went on, you know, we started doing an actual play um, called Dungeons and Asians. It started off as a fifth edition D&D actual play and then it kind of became Quest. Um, we may go back to D&D, but right now D&D doesn't really do what we what we need it to do in terms of classes and mechanics, especially if we're going to take advantage of some online tools. And then, you know, from the actual play, you know, we went into... Well, actually, the actual play took off and then, you know, COVID hit and uh, we put the actual play on hold and started streaming on Twitch. We started a series called Asians Read, where we decided that we would read all of Oriental Adventures, the AD&D Oriental Adventures book. It took us 40 hours to read through the whole thing cover to cover. Uh, we did it with a whole bunch of guests. We critiqued the book. We said what was bad, said what was good. Um and, and then you, Asians represent, and you lit Twitter on fire. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then we lit Twitter on fire. And I, I have, uh, I have been told and have seen on some parts of the internet that I am the guy that ruins D and D, which you know what, which I will one day hopefully have a plaque for Daniel Kwan, the guy who ruined AD and D for all the white people. 
But, you know, like we, we started doing that and we now we're reading Caratour, Al-Kadim. We have a, a weekly talk show called The Wrap-Up that we stream live at Twitch and put on YouTube. In addition to, you know, doing the podcast and doing Dungeons and the Asians, it's, it's been like a really interesting journey kind of adjusting to COVID and, and realizing that like while we can put out this like weekly content – we also have to take care of ourselves, you yeah. know, kind of like you did with, with your stuff. It's just like, you know, we, we shouldn't feel obligated to create this content, especially when right now everyone's just kind of focusing on surviving and taking care of ourselves. Well, yeah. And especially podcasts are at their core passions. And if that passion isn't there for whatever reason, then like you owe it to yourself and to your audience to not keep digging away at that or you're just going to it's just going to ruin what you've created yeah, yeah you're just, just going to hate what you good. love and you know like it, there needs to be joy in 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 what we're doing here um uh, and and that you know it, it was just kind of coming to an acceptance that my energy level wasn't going to be at 100 it was going to be more capped out at 70 and so playing within that so that my circuit breakers weren't continuously flipping off and all my lights were going out and, uh, and, 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 and figuring out that, okay, things have changed. The speed limit is different. Where, what can I do now in the, in these, in these new boundaries that are, you know, both physical, but also mental and emotional <laughs> that have mm-hmm. been done. Mm-hmm. But this isn't about me. Agents represent switches over to Twitch <laughs> and, uh, and you're doing these critical readings of, well, of I wouldn't say we Avengers. switched to Twitch. We like, we like pivoted to multiple mm-hmm. platforms. So it was kind of what it was. And and in doing so, you know, we we grew our audience. Our audience, well, our audience blew up, and then we won an any. Yeah, then, and, then that happened. We won an any, and you know, I think we're the first Asian people to ever win an any for podcasting. I think I could pretty confidently say that, based on what I what I've I've, I've looked into. I think we're the the first Asian Asian people to ever win an any for podcasting, and you know, since then, you know, we've just constantly tried to push what we you know what we're all about and that's you know empowerment and education yeah. and entertainment and the ennies are such a curious award i remember when in 2019 uh, the mtv movie awards yeah the, the reason you awards. were able to predict who was going to win and who was going to lose is because it's based on votes and it's based on uh, uh fan bases and many many times at the ennies certain titles and publishers would be winning not because they're better or award-winning but because they just have a bigger base and certainly we've all been there where you go to vote on some big page full of like like now magazine doing their toronto awards and you're not voting for all the restaurants that you go to you vote for the one you go to and and you click on Mm -hmm. that and so of course chaosium wins every year because cthulhu (laughs) <laughs> people are just going to click on it because of because of the brand identity and uh and and so you get certain winners every single year at the ennies that are just sure bets so when things happen where a group like forbidden lands wins or uh, an event like asians represent wins podcast uh, of the year it 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 also represents a kind of critical mass of support that has manifested against all of that very mainstream support that is sort of always there as white noise at the Ennies. And uh, it, it, it's, all, it's, oh, it's just so wonderful to see those crest out of, of like break the water level um, yep. because they're all there. <laughs> I, I always say like at the Ennies, the nominations are what you want to look at because the, even the ones that aren't necessarily winning gold and silver, those, those five, there are 
gold games and gold content creators that are in there that don't win the gold or the silver because they don't have the fan base, but they make the nominations because I believe those parts are curated by judges. And so, you know, you need to look at the whole list to, to notice some of those great indie titles that become sleeper hits and everyone loves and, and, and they don't make it out like magpies there every year with stuff like Bluebeard's Bride that didn't win awards. And it should have, but it should have, but it, it, it didn't. And I, and I also understand cause it's, it's got that, it's a niche they don't have, you know, Warhammer numbers behind them voting for, <laughs> for, for, you know, or Delta Green for, for best cover or things like that. Like, I, 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 pragmatically, I just, I get it. And, and yet, despite that challenge that the NEs just naturally have because of the format of how those awards are handed out, um, agents represent gold winner. Yeah. Holy smokes. Holy smokes. <laughs> so what happened after that? After the Ennies, we actually went and um, it was really funny. The, the day of the Ennies, I I was doing a panel with a whole bunch of board game folks just about Kickstarter. And I had actually during that panel received an email from our designer, Will Parks, for Ross Rifles. And I opened up Ross Rifles in my email, seeing it laid out for the first time. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm getting emotional. Literally dipped right out of that panel into the Ennies live stream to see them be like, and the gold, and he goes to Asians represent. Like, literally as I joined. And, and I you're just, mentally still playing catch-up. <laughs> like, I'm mentally still catching up, and I'm like, wait, what the fuck is happening? And yeah. it, it just, you know, our social media blew up, and, you know, we were so grateful for everyone. Yeah. And then literally, like, a month later, we spoke at D&D Celebration, uh, which was like a virtual con that Wizards had, kind of in place of D&D Live that didn't happen in 2020. Uh, another thing that I didn't get to go to because of COVID. Yeah. Um, and from there, you know, we just continued to like put out new shows, try out new series, involve, you know, more Asian creators on, on you know, on our productions. And then, that must have opened up like just networking opportunities. Alone, oh, yeah, right? like, like it made it exposed the existence of your show to a whole group of people that wouldn't have known about it. And not just listeners, but also people in the industry. How has that, like, have you noticed a shift in the feedback that you would have gotten from listeners or the, the, like, like the audience, like, has that changed? Did you find a, you brought in a, a whole new group of people that were listening to you for the first time? Um, what was, what was that? Yeah. What, was you know, there, was like, there a uh, before and after feel? Definitely. Cause there were, there were a whole bunch of people who were just like, I've been following you since day one on the podcast. And yeah. there's some people like, I love your YouTube channel. I do you have more? I'm like, yeah, we have a whole podcast. Yeah, there, there. You know, we get people who just watch us every Friday on Twitch. We or we they watch the the VOD when it comes out on Monday on YouTube, uh, and then we have people who literally watch and listen to everything we do. Yeah, they're the hundred um, percent completionist. And, and you know what? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm there for the people who watch on Fridays. I'm there for the people who watch on Mondays. I'm there for the people who watch and listen to everything. Um, because that that's what we wanted to achieve with our content. We didn't want to make content that you would, you know, you would have to listen to every single one to stay on board. No, we wanted to create content that had something for everybody, mm-hmm. right? You know, we have, we basically put out a panel <laughs> every single Friday. Um, literally this week as of recording, we're going to be talking about horror games um, this Friday. Uh, last week we talked about Candlekeep and uh, the week before we talked about romance and, and how to basically introduce more interpersonal relationships and role playing into your, you know, more traditional games like D&D. 
Um, but yeah, we have those panels. We have some like hard hitting, like just podcasts. We have one that's coming out. The next podcast episode is literally um, about Filipino cyberpunk Ooh. and what that can look like. I, I'm currently editing it right now and I'm just being blown away by it because I didn't conduct that interview and it was, and it was really cool. And so, so for us, you know, since, since the Ennies, since D&D Celebration, we've just been getting people who have been just coming to us from all of the different platforms that we're now on. And it's just been really cool. And right now we've been focusing on, you know, A, first and foremost, taking care of ourselves, mm-hmm. right, in this, in this time. B, you know, growing our community and particularly with Discord. We have a very, very engaged discord server uh that we're yeah, currently you, working you invited on. me into it and and yeah and i had to uh put it on mute because it was just notification notification a million notification yeah and it's, I, it's wonderful it's a really really active community and and it, <laughs> i'm just old on the internet and it just everything is overwhelming look, me look like when when you know there are a whole bunch of other people who are like hey you want to join our discord server i'm like I'm going to politely decline because I have a hard time maintaining the Asians represent one. I'll join the server and then I just kind of mute it and put it into a folder and I'll check in when I want to swim in that pool. But it's not, (laughs) it can only be active in one place. I hate hate seeing those little red numbers. Yeah. I hate seeing those. It drives me nuts. What do you mean? I got to go through my phone and get rid of all the little red push notification blisters. Get rid of them all. Yeah, I so like yeah we you know we made the Asians represent Discord server now yeah you know we're currently planning uh, you know like a Patreon and a whole bunch of other things uh, but we're taking it real slow um, we're we're taking it slow because we want to make sure we do everything right like we registered Asians represent limited as a business in Canada uh, we've got a merch deal that we're working on with Heart of the Dunicorn Productions cool uh, we're gonna put a limited run of like prints and apparel. Uh, really excited about that. Yeah. And then we're going to, uh, yeah, I think that's our 2021. Our 2021 is going to be merch and a Patreon. Uh, but we want to make sure we do everything right and we treat everyone who works with us right. Because first and foremost, we have to we have to take care of each other. Now, Dungeons and Asians. Yeah. Is that a separate podcast or is that just a section within the Asians Represent podcast feed? All on the same feed. Okay. Kept it, kept it nice and easy for everyone. We we put it all on the same feed, you know, just just because it, it, it made sense from a logistical perspective to just put all into one. Uh, that way, we, you know, we catch our audience there. People who don't want to listen to that, we just skip that episode. So the Asians Represent feed has like a number of like, I guess, sub shows that kind of filter through, whether it be interviews or actual plays or the or, or conversations that go through. That yep. You get little little themes that, that, that change things up. Yeah, there are three 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 shows that are on the Asians Represent podcast feed. There's Asians Represent proper. There's mm-hmm. the podcast. Uh, there's Dungeons and Asians, and then we have one Asians Read series there called Asians Read Caratour, and we're actually reading through and kind of providing our own humorous takes on how we would fix the AD and D Caratour campaign setting. Those three are the only things that are on the podcast feed right now. And then, of course, our YouTube channel has. Um, uh, the Dungeons and Asians videos, which we're slowly putting out there. Uh, we have the wrap up, which is our weekly uh, stream on Friday. We have the Asians Read Character videos go up there. And then we have a show called Critical Read, where our panel is reading through the. Um, yeah, the show that killed Dungeons and Dragons. The show that killed yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. No. There, there's, I, I, I think. <laughs> I'm being mean, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think that it's Asians Read is the show that a lot of people think 
tried to kill Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons, but then everybody just kind of blames it on me. <laughs> so we had James Mendez Hose on. We talked to him when he was at Breakout, and uh, he, I believe, has also been labeled as someone who has killed Dungeons and Dragons uh, <laughs> or, or ruined it, uh, having conversations on orcs and racial representation, uh, especially uh, with uh, evil characters coded evil in, in Dungeons and Dragons and the way the uh, they're they're handled and, and having that that conversation that needs to happen in Dungeons and Dragons because you know these they just they happened and they're there and this game has been around for what are we looking at now almost 50 years and it is embedded into every interview I have done on on the spotlights when we're talking about indie games and we're talking about anything else in this hobby Dungeons and Dragons becomes the common code or the common language where you can use it to compare between these games because I cannot assume that you know Powered by the Apocalypse or I cannot assume that you know Forbidden Lands, but I can safely assume you know a bit about Dungeons and Dragons. And, <laughs> and, and it becomes this, this problem when it's also a, a game that has also perpetuated so many systemic problems in representation and in uh well i mean i don't need to tell you about it uh and 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 yet we're 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 still in it It, like despite the criticism for the game you've also got candlekeep mysteries so Mm -hmm. it's not that there's a uh dungeons and dragons is broken but it's not that it can't be corrected and brought into the, the, the 21st century and, and into uh, a, a place where it actually would be welcoming and accepting and safe for all players to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly it. I mean, I mean, like, I love Dungeons & Dragons. I've been playing it for over, sure. just over two decades. Well, like, uh, it if, is a- if, it's not, if it's not Dungeons & Dragons, it's a very close analog to Dungeons & Dragons that got everyone started in this hobby at the beginning. And... You know, for uh, the most part, for the yeah. most part, I mean, maybe some I know got in through LARPing, doing vampire or werewolf, and 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 like uh, one or the other, <laughs> and and uh, or or it was Dungeons and Dragons, or it was war games, and uh, which uh, which which they all share this shared DNA. I wanted to ask about because of the actual play stuff. I, I wanted mm. to know if you could introduce me to Dungeons and to Asians. If we were to go through and 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 listen to to that, should we listen to the playlist? Can we jump in right now? What's that actual play? What, what what's the, the the teaser trailer for this setting? What, what are we what are we getting ourselves into? Yeah, so when we go our, to join your story. Our initial pitch was, you know, you should start from the very beginning. Uh, because we literally started with, okay, let's sit down, have a session zero, and let's try to make Asian Asian characters. And we struggled real hard. And we ended up just like starting off being like, okay, well, we're going to make our own classes. Um, and it became a lot of work. And we, we we kind of talked about the sort of shortcomings of D&D's class system. Um, but, but, you know, at its, you know, base level, Dungeons and Asians is, you know, uh, an actual play series that, you know, follows um, a whole bunch of uh, very interesting characters as they travel through um, the, the land of Xia, which is a our fantasy analog for Han Dynasty China. And so, you know, it's it's this sort of uh, leaning towards grim now, uh, but it is this like high fantasy Chinese setting 
um, that's inspired by a very specific period in Chinese history. Uh, if you're an enthusiast of Chinese history, you know what happens after the Han Dynasty, which is the Three Kingdoms era, which is one of the bloodiest periods in China's history, um, which is where we're slowly, slowly getting to. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a fantasy actual play inspired by fantasy China. Um, you know, right now we have uh, we're making use of you know custom sort of classes or roles um, that are reflective of Chinese media, Chinese. Uh, you know, literature and uh, historical sort of figures. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's the pitch. Fantasy China, inspired by Chinese history. And who are the, who are who are our, our our characters? The the adventurers in our story. Yeah. So so we have um, we have Dong Fang, who's played by Agatha, who you met. Um, Dong Fang is a sky soldier. Um, Dong Fang is um, a, a basically a heavenly warrior mm-hmm. who has been basically reincarnated as a anthropomorphic shrimp. Uh, we have Walid, okay. who's played by Amara Jazz. Uh, Walid is from the land of Daesh, which is our fantasy analog to uh, the in- Indian subcontinent. And uh, Walid is, uh, was like a, a stowaway on a ship, came to Sha and learns Chinese customs. So he is a South Asian coded character who has grown up in China. Um, you know, he grew up as a bandit, but became conscripted as part of a, an elite sort of task force led by uh, our very own uh, Steve Wynn's character, uh, La Ning, who is um, a career soldier. Um, but in terms of classes, we called Steve's character uh, a Yosha. Now, um, a, a Yosha is basically your equivalent to the European like knight errant or like adventurer, soldier mm-hmm. of fortune. But in this case, it's more of like a, a folk hero, a warrior folk hero. It's kind of like your your Japanese Ronin sort of equivalent. Kind of a mix between your your Robin Hood and your samurai. Um and, and that's your Yosha. Cool. And yeah. we actually within the past three episodes added a new player, Jade, who was uh, an original member of Asians Represent, but Jade lives in the UK, so it's very hard for us to coordinate. Um, and Jade's character is a um, is a Fangshi, who, if you're, is basically your occultist. Fangshi are uh, essentially like medical magical specialists in historical China. Uh, the European analog could be like a magician, alchemist, necromancer. Um, occultist, all in one, and so so those are our those are our characters. We have we have four main characters, and and right now our our story revolves around this massive piece of jade, which in Chinese culture is a symbol of like you know purity, that has fallen from the heavens and is slowly turning all of the earth into stone, into jade. Oh dear! Uh, every blade of grass, every person, this slow-moving wave, this current touches. <laughs> and it's got and the image, remember Reboot? Uh, when the, <laughs> oh my God, Reboot. The, the little, I can't remember what it was, it was some virus that hit mainframe and everything was turning yeah, to stone. Exactly, <laughs> very similar. Um, and so our heroes are, are looking for um, these powerful flowers, which, which can imbue them with the power to basically stop this. Cool, and and, 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 and so we're right in the middle. So, so if we're gonna start, we should we should start where it began. And, start and, right and work at session zero. Yeah, yeah. yeah start right at session zero. <laughs> and follow along. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't ever recommend to anybody to 
pick up an actual play kind of in the middle because you you miss all the little things, all the you miss, NPCs even, even that, the one that shot may show games, up. Yeah, even the one-shot shows uh, where they change things up each week because there's a Monster of the Week podcast out there that, that does something very similar to like just being one story that's self-contained but there's still like inside jokes and threads and learning and the evolution of those characters and and the players if they're changing their characters up that um it's worth starting (laughs) and following along so you can follow where those thoughts are there's it's just going to sound weird when you jump in you're not going to know why they're laughing uh, some of the times so we've got asians represent we've got the actual play there in the middle, I and mean, you got your 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 reads uh, bit that you're doing. And meanwhile, you have uh, you got Ross rifles, which is awesome. You you dropped the book off uh, safely at my apartment. That <laughs> Very was wonderful. Safely. And uh, I've got that. I know way back there's Zany Zoo, which is also with Dundas West Games. And then you've had these contracts where you're now writing for um, these big deal games. Uh, Magpie just announced Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra RPG. And I understand you're part of this team of like, it's like getting together the X-Men and like like all it's these like the names. Asian, it's like the yeah. Asian Avengers of design. And, 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 and amazingly, uh, I, I interviewed a lot of them because they were all at Breakout. I'm like, oh, I know that person. I know that person. They're all, all my friends are in this game and <laughs> yep. it's so cool uh what was how, how did that happen uh for like for you and, and how has that been like i you know i could just say like you know what like uh james basically messaged me and was like hey daniel you know i'm like i'm doing this thing you want to talk about it first and i was like cool what is this and he was like we're gonna we're gonna do avatar and I'm assembling Asian designers to work on this. And I said, cool, I'm in. And that was, and that was it. Um, it's a great, it's a great team. It's, I think the, the game is, you know, fantastic and we'll be doing some. Yeah. All that marketing awesome on stuff. the game itself is, is to be announced and will be coming out. Uh, but just the credits of the people that are involved in, in this game is just uh, made my heart sore. It was, it's very exciting to see. And then, uh, this week you're in the midst of all of the, uh, press of, of Candlekeep Mysteries. And mm-hmm. you, can you tell me a little bit more? You probably tell me a little bit more about Candlekeep Mysteries because that's available you, I, now. We can actually play it. I can tell you all about Candlekeep Mysteries. Um, Candlekeep Mysteries is an anthology of, I believe, 17 mystery themed adventures. Uh, set in the um, that start in Candlekeep. Candlekeep is this famed library in the world of D anD. d It's this this massive library fortress, and the map in the book is just super cool. Um, and all the adventures there start at Candlekeep, involve a book of some sort, and then go on their own in their own mysterious direction. Uh, I wrote an adventure called Makes the Book me think of, of Warehouse Alchemy. 13. It's just something it's, it's, something yeah. in there is triggering the mystery of the week. That's, and that is a super <laughs> Canadian <off> reference. <laughs> that is a super Canadian reference. If there are any, you know, there you go. No one American else is going to understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, they they will they will not know Warehouse 13 because that that was whew, <laughs> that's a anywhere. Canadian television deep cut. It's like the X-Files but but not serious. Yeah, but like but like for librarians. <laughs> yeah, before librarian. But then there's the show, the, the librarians. librarians. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I think that's also a Canadian production. Uh, maybe, probably. 
I want to. Who knows? I don't know. Throw in, throw in others with like the Relic Hunter and other. <laughs> oh, Relic Hunter filmed in Toronto <laughs> as well. Toronto, yeah. Uh, uh, my favorite filmed in Toronto show, Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. I don't know that one. That's from the 80s. That's a hard, deep cut. I think there's only like six episodes. It was a children's show uh, set after the machine wars and humans lost and uh, Lord Dread rules the world. And uh, Jonathan Power, uh, the son of a scientist that built the power suits, uh, it, it has put together a team together and they're using his dad's old technology and they can transform into the soldiers of the future and he becomes Captain Power. And... <laughs> And the game also had a toy that you would shoot at the TV screen, like a light gun, like like the uh, the NES uh, yeah. duck hunt gun. And and if you if you miss the target, there was a little man inside of uh, like a, an, a a a plane that would eject <laughs> when you would die. And it, the toy never worked, and it <laughs> was terrible. Of course, it's, of it's course. like eighty seven, eighty eight. Like this the technology. Oh wasn't my there god. For okay, it. so I just looked it up, and I definitely <laughs> you've definitely I seen it on like this? TV at like three in the morning. Yes, and yes, and it was filmed in Liberty Village, entirely in Liberty Village before Liberty Village was Liberty Village, and they filmed oh, no all way. the wasteland shots of tanks going over dirt because they needed a place with like rundown factory buildings. <laughs> so they filmed well, that'd it. Be, at. That'd be old Liberty Village. And Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future is also famous for the invention of the Steadicam. Which is not just a Canadian, but a Toronto. It was first used on the sets of Captain Power. This stupid kids show that dealt with really heavy topics like PTSD and child soldiers and all kinds of stuff. And uh, at one at its peak, every single production house in Toronto was working on that show. It was costing like a Viacom or whoever was making it in the U.S. something like eight million dollars an episode, which for a child show. <laughs> In the 80s is just stunningly irresponsible spending of money and uh, uh and Damn. then and then it got canceled and, and everyone moved on but the lord dread someone also pointed out is likely the it's the missing link between darth vader and locutus in the next generation uh, with the oh board he looks like yeah. a complete crossover between the that that late 70s design of Darth Vader and then that early 90s design of Locutus Lord Dread is the 80s missing link that that brings those two things together in science fiction. Oh that's hilarious. That's my that's my that's 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 if I was doing a Toronto tour that's what I would be mentioning as I was driving past Liberty Village that would be my little this used to be a science fiction wasteland. <laughs> this, this used to be a sci-fi wasteland where the machines ruled over. It's also the show that had the very first entirely CGI character. Uh, and there were <laughs> oh, two really? of them. And they, they look like exactly what you would expect the f- world's first CGI television character in the late 80s to look like. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but they were these, they were these like robot birds that worked for Lord Dread. And at one point, one of them, I think, betrayed and joined up with the power team. And it was like, I cannot compute with this i choose freedom or something like that yeah, so uh old tv is great that, 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 all of this is getting cut out because i do not need our interview to be derailed by my love of captain power but <laughs> no that's totally okay but, but yeah like ba- back to candlekeep so it's... back to candlekeep so candlekeep mysteries this 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 famous library in in D lore that's where all our adventures begin you find a book and it sends you off in a direction or or or, yeah. or, or a, a mystery linked to something in the candlekeep collection Yes, yes. And so each of them is a self-contained one-shot or very short 
you know, like two or three session adventure. Um, mine is a level 12 adventure called the Book of Inner Alchemy. And it's essentially you take your classic 70s and 80s kung fu movie and insert that right into the D&D world. Uh, and it's about this book and these um, the these monks of, uh, of an order of questionable morality called the Order of the Immortal Lotus um, basically come kill a whole bunch of scholars, steal some very important pages from this ancient martial arts text um, that are required to make a very powerful magic item. And the players are tasked with um, tracking these people down yeah. and retrieving the pages and uh, bringing them back for some for some loot or, you know, taking that knowledge for themselves. It's really yeah, I up did to you. see that there is the possibility of assembling those pages and learning the recipe to a very... Um, powerful relic uh, it's it's a great a item it's one that i yeah it's yeah, i don't want i don't want to spoil it on our interview but i was like oh it's yeah, a cool monk cool. item it's yeah, a cool yeah. monk item if i was the monk at the party and i was a character of of course like you know flexible morality i would definitely not return it myself and i would take it for myself how has it been getting to write uh an adventure for dungeons and dragons like actually like you 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 went from running D at the rom for kids as an educational program to meeting people to start a podcast that was once a month to talk about this hobby and about representation in this hobby and, and these narratives that are, are are being told without having an Asian person at the table to, to help tell those stories all the way to winning an any for that podcast, writing, doing a critical reading on Oriental adventures from advanced Dungeons and dragons to now writing a mystery in Candlekeep Adventures or Candlekeep Mysteries. That is a journey. <laughs> yeah, it's it's honestly been it's it was it's it was crazy. It's it's kind of just like this wild wild ride that I have been on, and I am I have reached a point where you know I have achieved the childhood goal. My my name and words are on a are on a D and D adventure an official D&D adventure and and I feel like it will do some good to the D&D world, the D&D community. And honestly, if this was the last thing I ever did for TTRPGs, I'd be happy. Um I, you know, I approached this project with the assumption that I would never get another chance. Yeah. Um yeah, that I would never get another this chance. This was this was the shot. This was your shot. I, got, yeah. I had I had one shot to do something good. Yeah, and 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 I don't mean like write a good adventure. I had one shot to try to fix some of the issues that I saw with with you know D and D. And there is no perfect TTRPG, um, but I had an opportunity to make some changes that would you know not only make the game experience better for everybody, but also you know fix you know decades of you know poor portrayals of my own culture and so i had a chance to do that and is there you know, one thing in this alchemy mystery that you can when you're talking about fixing that yeah you're you're particularly proud of that that that's now part of dungeons and dragons oh yeah it's like it's like two lines like i wrote like seven seventy five hundred words and i'm really proud of like 50 words that i wrote <laughs> um in the adventure, the Book of Inner Alchemy is basically, it's a martial arts manual, but it's also a manual on the inner workings of the body, specifically as it relates to chi, which in the game they call ki. 
And in the game, you know, key is something that like really only monks could use and monks get key points and it lets them do all these really dope things. Yeah. Um, Which is also the case in games like Diablo and that it becomes like a replacement for the mana pool. Yeah, it's a replacement for the mana pool. It's a currency that lets you do cool things. But the thing is, in reality, like chi is something that is, uh, you know, a core component. It's foundational to traditional Chinese medicine. It is an integral part of Chinese culture and it is supposed to be in everybody. So I basically said, you know, chi is in everyone. It has medicinal purposes, but there are those who, through training, are able to harness their chi to, you know, do great things. And for for me, that was an important change that I wanted to see in D anD. d I wanted something that, you know, I wanted to see a depiction of chi that wasn't just like, hey, here's a thing that you could fight with. Um, here is a thing that, you know, potentially you can, you can weave charge it. up to do a special kick. Well, no, not even, yeah, I didn't want just that. I wanted like, I wanted to write that it had medicinal properties because I wanted people to think about their stories and think, well, maybe, you know, when my monk is being healed or if I'm a monk and I multi-class into a cleric, maybe when I multi-class into a cleric, it doesn't have to be about a god and maybe this is about chi manipulation. Maybe yeah. I'm healing people through, you know, like, like well, think You're about just it You're just going to be like a monk av- that's more like a medic now. And- yeah, or like in, in Avatar The Last Airbender when, you know, um, Katara learns how to heal with waterbending. Yeah. Right? Maybe I want to do that. Um, maybe I'm a monk um, and, you know, I, I pick the elemental path and but I also want to heal and I take levels in cleric. But what does it look like when I heal? Am I just like this monk who's wearing like all these holy symbols? Or am I a monk who uses my, you know, my elemental abilities to heal someone? Um, and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of and, you know, the, the new lore that I kind of wrote into the game will enable you to do that from a narrative perspective. Um, so I'm, I'm most proud of that. And that is the one thing that I'm happy that I got to do with with this it's, and it's canon now <laughs> yeah it's canon <laughs> it's now. part of it's part of dungeons and dragons uh yeah. I, I do want to ask it was interesting you mentioned as like uh, about this it's it's very much like 70s and 80s kind of a mystery to it and and certainly if we think about how asian elements have been used in pop culture it happened all the god dang time in the 80s and mm-hmm. you know just the things like Teenage Ninja Turtles or or through comics and 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 in in action movies and all that and and I feel this is obviously from my very sheltered white Irish head space but that there's in in a reaction to trying to respect the material it becomes an avoidance of the material entirely of I uh, I'm not Asian, so I cannot include Asian elements in the game I'm running because I don't know it and I don't want to steal it and I don't want to appropriate it. And then that, that's just a, that's a whole nother different kind of problem. Do you have any kind of thought on rather than avoid telling a story in these settings and also not exploit those settings and 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 turn them into a caricature of themselves? Like there, there's got to be a a middle ground, right? Where you, we can, we can play in these games and, and also not, you know what I mean? Wreck it in the process for everyone else. Yeah. You you know what? It's, it's really interesting because one of the things that I wanted to do with this adventure was ensure that I created, you know, nuanced villains, um, portrayals of my, or included information about my own culture, um, 
that that inspired the game mechanics that you see in D&D. A lot of people will go into these settings or or go into, you know, the these these themes and, you know, immediately lean on 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 tropes or or source materials that either weren't written by subject matter experts or people with lived experiences in these culture in, in you know as members of this culture and you know i i encourage everyone to to interact with these stories play these stories even if you are an asian um, but if you're going to and you want to do this respectfully you know consider doing a little bit of extra research consider you know um you know I would just say consider doing some research. Consider, you know, why you are using certain themes. I'll avoid things like don't do an accent, right? Don't do an accent. Um, but think about, you know, why these things are important. If you don't understand why, you know, um, why I've gone a certain route with with chi or ki in D&D, do some research. Read about traditional Chinese medicine and how chi is in martial arts. Um, d- take the extra step. Um, in, in preparing your game. So, so I wouldn't even, you know, I, I also want to kind of double back quickly because I know we're running out of time. Um, I'd say that there are also, I mean, you, you mentioned people avoiding this stuff, but there are a lot, a lot of other people who are making this stuff, you know, without this kind of background. And there are people who make this stuff without this kind of background. And there's a hunger for that kind of content. And, you know, that kind of content becomes popular like Oriental Adventures. And it becomes a standard for what Asians should look like in this world in this industry. And so I would say, you know, look to games, supplements, products that, you know, were written by Asian designers and feature, you know, Asian themes, if that's what you're looking for. Um, when you're actually, you, when you wish to engage in that. So that would, that's what I would say. I would say it's twofold. I would say like, take the extra step, do some research, but also consider who's making the the product that you're trying to interact with. Yeah, where what where, where, where are you consuming that material from? Who's serving it up for you? And uh, and if, if they're coming from a, a place of, of respect and understanding or or a place where they're just stealing it, <laughs> turning yeah. it into something else. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for helping me muddle through my, my words and, and no, figuring no things worries. out. Daniel, you have gone through such a, a, an incredible story that I know you're saying, like, if this is the last thing I do, you'll be happy. And I know it's not going to be the last thing you do. I cannot wait to see what happens next. Um, it's only just begun. And um, yeah, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll check in again in the future. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be another hour and a half of conversation of old. Yeah, we will. We will see. (laughs) I am sure. And I know you can't say one thing. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff you can't talk about that is just out there. And I got a couple of the things coming out this year. Yeah, it's just 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 gestating and waiting to to see the light of day. And I'm very excited to see what those things are Um, because, uh, you know, you uh, the, the the games you make are interesting and engaging. I found Ross Rifles to be such an intriguing look into a side of war that wasn't happening in other games that were also about war. And it was, I feel like that just also comes from the kind of person that you are that I've come to know uh, 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 that is introspective and empathetic and all these kinds of things that, that are, are, are 
<laughs> make you uncomfortable to put you in the spot <laughs> and, and, and talk about that. So uh, just uh, very, very excited to see what comes next. And, and congratulations. I, I, I think this is like the first time other than when you ran by to drop off Ross Rifle safely um, to actually congratulate <laughs> yeah. you on, on the Any Award and the, uh, uh, the success that Asians represent is seeing. Uh, and, uh, and it's exciting for me to hear what you're, what you're planning like as a business. Like it's so much more than just a podcast that you're doing once a month now. Like it's, hey, uh, that's, that's how you have impact, and, right? And it's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Th- thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, I really, uh, I really appreciate, you know, like letting me use your platform. Yeah, of course. Well, Hey, uh, where, uh, we've been sitting through this, this interview now for an hour. Uh, I want to know where you're from. How can I keep in tabs with you? What is the best way to follow up with Daniel Kwan so I can be in touch with the things you're making and the things you're involved in and, and, and where you're going. I mean, I'm going to put all the links into the show notes, but no one yeah, clicks you know, through the sh- No one looks at the nobody show notes. Look, nobody, no, so nobody does. Understanding and that no put, one's going to click through so the show notes. We put so much work into them, too. I, 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 dra- I put headers for the SEOs. I, try, I get it all working out. And no one no one reads them. No one looks um, at that, yeah. Um, if you want to, you know, if you want to find my Twitter page is a hub for everything that I do. Um, Twitter, twitter.com slash... Uh, Daniel H. Kwan. So that's Daniel H-K-W-A-N. Um, you'll find, you know, Dundas West Games for Ross Rifles. You'll find my independent design stuff. You'll find Asians Represent all through that page. Check it out. I will. I do. <laughs> I see you up there all the time. It's great. And, and you know, and it's also fun to follow you on Twitter because you get involved in, in some great back and forth conversations and uh, tabletop Twitter, tabletop dev Twitter is a fun place to watch. <laughs> like uh, yes. some really interesting ideas and conversations that happen there uh, where you're all challenging each other in, in, in really wonderful ways. Uh, so it's uh, it's good. It's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, and I'm looking forward to checking out Candlekeep Mysteries. Uh, that's uh the idea of just doing like one shot mysteries out of a library like that just sounds so cool <laughs> it's very, very it's, exciting. it's pretty sweet <laughs> yeah, yeah uh all right daniel i'm gonna let you go you've spent more time with me than you bargained for so i appreciate that and uh i will uh, uh I, I, I will i will i will free you <laughs> thank free you so much thank you thank podcast. you for having me how do I exit this thing? Do I just just close the tab? Uh, yeah, you just just uh, there's a button right right beside your chair, and it'll just drop you out the floor into a little chute like the garbage container, and it'll drop you out outside into the street. Sweet. All right. <laughs> well, you go. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Big thanks to Daniel Kwan for spending so much time with me, answering all my questions, and also for just being there for this community and holding the feet to the fire to help make our games just a little bit better each time. Now, I know we joked about that no one reads the show notes, but you really should check out the show notes in this episode. There's a link to all of the things that Daniel is involved in, and you're going to want to click on all of them and subscribe to what he's doing. In the meantime, if you'd like to, you can follow Terrible Warriors on Twitter at Dice Warriors, and we have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash terriblewarriors, where each month we have been playing now Forbidden Lands. It's an ongoing campaign, but don't worry, I'm trying to make it done in a way so that you can jump in at any point throughout the story and participate in the Raven's Purge. We'd love to have you there, and we'd love to have you join our Discord channel and meet some of the fine folks that have been hanging out with us in there. We're not always talking tabletop. Right now, we're breaking down all that cool PS5 VR news. That controller looks pretty nifty. And of course, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, I don't know how you're listening to us, but I'd really like it if you did. And in the meantime, as we continue to put coal back into the engine and get this ship flying again, leave a review, why don't you, on the platform that you're listening to the show on. That's the kind of stuff that's going to help this show fall into the ear holes of other listeners. Next week, 
Fingers crossed. We're going to be back with another Session Zero as we look into the world of Simbaroom as we chatted a few weeks ago there with uh, creator Matthias Johnson Hawke. We're going to create some characters. We're going to bring them to the table. We're going to talk about this strange and interesting setting of the Dark Forest. And I know you miss us doing those actual play games. And I miss doing that too. It's been over a year now. But stay tuned. I've got new information coming soon. I don't want to tell you too much now and put a curse on the project. But by mid-April, I should have some real fun announcements for you as we get back to rolling dice at our tables. Virtually, of course. So come back next week, why don't you? And until that time where we get to sit around those tables and roll dice together, thank you for listening to the Terrible Warriors. Be good to each other. Bye. Bye.